Good morning. I am Kate Mahoney, and I'm here with my friend from sixth grade, Kara Rotondaro McDonough. And today we are joined on our podcast with Kristen Barrett Anderson, who is the director of the St. Marianne Shrine and Museum. She's also the founder and creator of Empathy in Action CNY, stands for Central New York. Um, she also is a Reiki practitioner and she raises chickens and horses and has dogs and is an artist. And there are so many things I could go on and on, but we will start now. Kristen, hi, thanks for joining us. Well, absolutely, it's great to see you this morning. Yeah, um, Kara and I have been musing over doing a podcast on social justice, intersections of faith, belief, et cetera, and as Kara eloquently says, and often other things. So <laughs> there are a million things I wanna ask you because I feel like you beautifully blend through your, in your professional life, faith, spirituality, humanity, community, and the common thread within all of that is social justice. Um, but then you do have this anchor in, you know, raising animals and having a beautiful family. And so there are a lot of layers. And um, to start with, I'm just going to share with you guys that during this pandemic, my mom and I have taken to doing the Jane Fonda DVDs. So we are beginning and ending most of our days with some sort of yoga or aerobicizing. And Jane Fonda at 82 can plank like nobody's business. She just puts us to shame, even though we're in the comfort of our own home. So Kristen, with all you have going on, how do you start your day and what are sort of your grounding practices? Ah, well, there's how am I supposed to start my day and should I start my day and how I plan to start my day and then how I actually do it. So I had this beautiful room set up as a studio prior pandemic. And so I was able to come right in and settle down and the dogs had their beds and I could do a little meditation and do a little yoga and calm and center and get ready for my day. And then pandemic hit and this turned into my office. And slowly but surely, um, I lost the sanctuary of the space to, okay, what do I need to get done today? And what's in my date book? And what's my first appointment? And, and on and on and on. So normally it would be some nice grounding. Um, now I get my grounding mostly from going out barefoot in the grass and walking around and watering my plants and feeding my chickens and gardening and things like that. Um, it's not the most ideal, but it's what's working right now. And I think everybody's just doing what's working right now. Yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I have sort of a follow-up question to that. I have, you know, sometimes I write down questions for people that are very like intellectual and then it turns out that I really want to ask them other things. And so I'm really interested. So you practice Reiki. You're a practice. So I, um, I've only done that two times in my life. Once was for a story because I'm a writer. So I was writing about uh, um, someone who 
um, was a, what's the correct, tell me what the correct term is. Somebody who, is it like a therapist? A Reiki th what's the right No, term? I mean, I think practitioner is right. Once you've uh, moved up through the levels and you've done your practices, you become a Reiki master, which I've never been thrilled with that term. Um, but that's where you can teach and, uh, and, you know, have students and pass on the practice. Right. Okay. So, so I, I, so I've, I've written, I written, I wrote once about a Reiki practitioner and thank you for clarifying that. Um, and then I also um, went to a session once just, just for, because I wanted to, because the, the writing about the, the woman who was the Reiki practitioner, I have never felt like that before, like the, what I experienced during the session. And I think that, I mean, this is sort of maybe blending a lot of questions together, but this is a really um, interesting is really putting it lightly time in our history, um, monumental time in our history. And I think that one of the things that Kate and I have talked to other people we've talked talk to um, about is sort of listening to your intuition right now and listening before you act, which is something I am horrible at. I am really good at getting angsty and worked up about politics and um, movements and what I should be doing. I am not good at taking the time to listen to what my body is telling me or even my mind. I'm, I'm really good at just being like, oh my gosh, I need to act on this. Like, who can I rally? And I was wondering if you, I mean, I'm kind of going all over the place, but if you could talk a little bit about Reiki and just... Um, or maybe other other practices that you, it, it sounds like you go into your garden, which is so zen and wonderful, something I've been doing a little bit of too. My garden is very tiny. Um, but I don't know if you could talk a little bit about listening to your body and why it's important to make time for that, um, maybe in your work. Yeah, so there is no way that I can be present to the moment to someone else. Like, I can't sit here and process what you're saying and listen to it and be able to react to it and understand maybe what you're asking if my mind is off somewhere else, if I'm thinking about what my next thing is, or if I'm thinking about, um, you know, an ache in my shoulder or, or anything that's going to, to pull me away from where I am right now. So I think key, key, key is, is making sure that you are taken care of and, and that you are in that place where you are comfortable before you can be present to somebody else. Um, Reiki is a really interesting thing in that it totally tells you and makes you fully aware that there's a lot more going on in this world than what's right here in front of me. And the grounding to where we are right now, to where I'm sitting, to what's around me, to the feel of the wind through the window, to the feel of my feet on the floor, all of that becomes very, very present. Um, Reiki for me was life-changing. I don't even know how long ago it was now, probably I don't know, 10, 12 years or something like that, that I discovered it. And it was, and it totally turned my world around. So instead of immediately being triggered by something, 
there's always a pause now where I, I can take things in, take that breath, think about what the response is, but also that it's not all me, <laughs> that there's a lot more going on and that just because I'm triggered by something or I have a reaction to something, it doesn't mean that that's the way that I should move forward. That's not an action I should take. That is something that's just happening in the universe and it's something that's going to process. And, and there's an easier, better way to move forward through it. I feel like I'm rambling now. I don't know if this is no. making any no, sense. No, no. This is exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully some other people too. It's not all about me. <laughs> well, specifically with Reiki, and this is something that made a big difference with me, is that it hits everybody differently. And some people are ready for it, and some people are close to ready for it. Some people can process it. Some people can take it a step further. And it's all based on where they are. So you can put that same thought process across anything. You can put it across, um, you know, social interaction to social justice, to politics, to everything in life that everyone is in their own spot on the range between one end and the other, you know, between fanaticism and, um, you know, total avoidance. And everyone has their own path to take. So no matter where I stand on something and no matter how much I believe this is true, this is the way it is, this is the way it needs to be, this is what everybody needs to know, I also know that everybody is processing things in their own way and that I, no matter how much I tell someone, Reiki is for you, you need to do it, that's not the way it works. It's not going to hit them the right way. It's not going to make any difference in their life because they're not in the right spot for it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you've mentioned moments and sanctuary and kind of, even though I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth now, but the meeting people where they are concept. Um, and you and I have collaborated on a couple of events uh, at the museum and both with Empathy in Action for patients and caregivers. So you created an event called a moment of care for the caregiver. And we really talked a lot in the planning of that for what are we going to offer? And we had to realize that there are people that are caregivers in the moment. There are people in the caregiver, in a caregiver position for chronic long-term, you know, terminal illnesses and all of that. So I know that you've been director for the Shrine and Museum of Mother Marianne, who is largely lauded as someone who took care of those who were not always cared for. What are some of your inspirations and motivations to continue to kind of view the world in different pockets of patients and caregivers and how we can connect, keep, stay connected and keep everybody in a space of healing or an evolution of healing rather? Yeah, that's a loaded question. Sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's been an interesting process for me because I make the assumption that everybody wants to be in service and everybody wants to be there for other people. 
So this is the way I go through life. Everybody is positive. Everybody has, um, you know, a good thing moving forward. They all want to teach. They all want to learn. So I made a decision a while back that it's better to think that way than otherwise. So I'm just going to stick with it. And, and so with that thought process of always having that positive aspect towards every person I meet, it helps um, to be able to go forward and think, okay, how can this person, how can we make their life a little bit easier, a little bit better while they are in service to somebody else? Um, and, you know, having the story of St. Marianne behind us in this mission is, you know, it's crazy. It's so relevant. It is uh, always thinking about the good of the patient, always having that set priority above everything else. So knowing that that works and believing that everything else will fall into place just so long as you stick to that mission of making sure that the people are taken care of who most need it, um, that, that makes it easy, it, it, easy, easy moving forward. And then also I made this conscious decision a, a bunch of years ago. I, I remember in high school, I was extremely insecure and I was always the one that, should I do that? Should I say this? I don't even know if I should tell this person I like them. You know, I mean, it was always an incredible struggle. I mean, I wrote, I journaled things that I should burn. It, it, it's, it's really hard to read. But, um, <laughs> but I made a conscious decision that just, if you ever have the chance to do something nice for someone, do it. If you ever have the chance to say something nice to someone, just say it. Get over yourself. I remember writing a letter to myself during this retreat I was on that said, you know, okay, write a letter to yourself with all the stuff that you've learned during this retreat. And, uh, and then, you know, you're going to receive it in a few months. And the first line was, get the blank over yourself. And it was, it was just down to the core. It's just forget about all that crap that you're carrying and just do the right thing. So that was a huge change too. Just, you know, opening a door, offering help, smiling at someone, being aware that there's somebody else on the street. You know, it's, uh, it, that was a huge change for me. So it's really interesting that all this stuff has come together and then meeting Mother Marianne, you know, after the fact, it's like, oh, all of this works together. This is all the stuff I've been talking about. This is the management style that I've been trying to incorporate into companies for 20 years. Uh, this, this all makes sense. Yeah. So I don't even know if I answered your question. Yes. And yes. And who, I mean, who cares? This is what our conversations are about to elicit these responses that just ignite, you know, the passion that has been in you for what seems like probably your whole life. And then the different building blocks have been there for you to carry on the path. Right. Um, Anyway, Carrie, you got anything right at the moment? Yeah, well, I, I, well, I just wanted to comment that I really like the, um, I mean, what you just said about getting over yourself, yeah. I feel like 
maybe this is happening to other people now also, but I feel like I at 42 am sort of getting over myself just this year a little bit. And I, I was never terrible at it. it I've, I've always had that. I feel like a similar drive to do the right thing if I can. And now I'm trying to teach my children, you know, that that's, that is the most important thing. Um, that getting over yourself and just doing the right thing. Um, do you think, I, so for instance, like with everything that has happened in the past few months, and just with your background, I'd be interested in hearing what you have to say about this. Over the past few months, I feel like we've had, you know, an uprising in our country, a righteous uprising. A lot of things have happened that have been a long time coming. Um, there's also been a pandemic. So, you know, it's um, interesting, like I said before, to say the least. Um, I don't know, do you feel optimistic about, I guess any of it, um, you know, kind of where Black Lives Matter stands? And I mean, for instance, I can just give you a personal example is that I think witnessing what I've witnessed over the past few months um, has given me a new, and I'm ashamed to say this in some respects, but it's given me a new bravery to not I don't feel like it's okay to not speak up anymore. That's been the biggest change I've seen in myself. Um, whereas before I was like, oh, I don't know if I need to get involved in this thing that I know is not right. And it's happening like across the board for me. Like, yes, it's happening with Black Lives Matters issues. And maybe if I see something that I deem racist, you know, that I, that I think is not, that is not appropriate, but it's happening in other realms too. Like if I see, if I'm on an email chain and I think someone's, you know, not, not taking us the right direction. I'm like, you know what, before I would have ignored that. And now I think it's time for me to gently push us in the right direction. And I guess, I hope this makes sense, but do you feel like that, like that there's some good that will come of what's happening right now? I absolutely feel like it. Like there's a strength coming forward. So I've been feeling for the last few years that we have to really, really, really crash and burn to be able to Phoenix and, and come back up out of the ashes. And uh, so we, I just feel this crash and burn that's been going on and on and on. And, and I think we hit, I think the pandemic triggered this whole thing where, um, you know, there's this, there's this rise up and it's, and it's rising up against not only racism, as you say, but just being mean, you know, being a, not a nice person, not treating people with respect, not treating the world with respect. Um, there, there's a whole process of the people who have been quiet for so long that they're feeling the momentum and they're feeling the motion and they're seeing the good and they're, and they're trying to, you know, reach out and grab for that. You know, the whole thing with, um, with the Mr. Rogers that we've been hearing so much about, you know, find the helpers. Yeah. There, there's something to that where people are seeing it and they're saying, Oh, I can do that. I can actually um, say something. I can make a difference because this person, this person, this person, and this person already have, and I've seen it, and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really hope we don't lose the focus at this point, that I hope everybody stays on that because it's a slow process. It's not a quick little revolution that's going to get us kind of 
maybe back to par, maybe back to some strain of kindness that we all aim for. Um, the more people who listen, the more people who make a difference, the more people who speak out against any kind of trolling, um, you know, any kind of negativity to show that this is the standard, this is what we should be aiming for, this is where I think 98% of the people are, <laughs> that everyone else is just louder. You know, if, if the 98% speak up, maybe we can reset that standard of kindness. So I definitely feel good. I feel like a lot of strength um, can be taken from this. You know, I did, a, um, I did a whole series of interviews for Empathy in Action where I talked with nonprofit directors and, and Central New York uh, role models and leaders and talked to them about the pandemic and what they were doing you know, what decisions did they have to make and how were they moving through and, and what was their plan? And did they see gifts that they were receiving that they'd be able to take to the other side of the pandemic? And did they feel that we were going to be stronger on the other end? And everybody said, yes. Everybody said, this is an awakening. And we are making changes right now that are benefiting people that are providing resources and also even making more of a community as we all struggle through this. And definitely we're gonna be stronger on the other side. So it helps me because I hear this from a lot of other people too. <laughs> so I have that support group that I can always go back to and, and kind of get the boost needed if you ever feel down. I was just talking with somebody the other day about needing, um, needing mentors and needing emotional support. And we all need that. And you have to have that amount emotional support group and the people that you can go to, um, to help keep you up on that level so that you can keep on moving forward. And then if you, if you have that, be it for somebody else. Right. Oh, Kristen, you know, you've mentioned empathy in action. Was there, a moment or was there I mean probably a mix of aha moments and a natural progression for you to take what has been such an inherent part of you and as you said your desire to create business models around this but what what was kind of the trigger that you pulled to say now I'm gonna make empathy in action a more public platform and I'm gonna reach out and I'm gonna give community leaders and other people an avenue to have these conversations to just keep that momentum going. Was it the pandemic? Was it much more before the pandemic and then it accelerated it or how did this all come to be? So I definitely had a couple, couple major triggers. Every two weeks I have you know, 20 minutes to a half an hour to meet with all the new staff that come into work for St. Joseph's Hospital in Syracuse. And so I have between 25 and 50 people early on a Monday morning, new staff, they're all the way from, you know, environmental services to technicians, to patient transporters, to nurses. And they all come strolling down to the museum. And I've got this set amount of time to talk to them and so for years it's always been well this is the story of saint joseph's hospital and this is why it started and this is the 
sisters and this is what they do and um and good luck and i had people sleeping and no response i couldn't get anybody to react to anything and you know who can blame them it's monday morning they think they're just coming in for an orientation and they're filling out paperwork and here they've been you know brought down to the museum and and i'm, I'm talking to them so it was probably a year or more ago that I just changed it up. I said, you know, I'm bored too. And I said, you know, this is what the sisters believe and these are their values and now it's your turn. And they're counting on you to carry on what they started 150 years ago. And this is what they need you to do. They need you to be present to the moment. They need you to stop and pause and take a breath before you enter a room. And think about your energy. Think about the energy that you're taking into that room. And I don't care what job you're doing. I don't care why you're going in the room. I don't care if you're going in to empty some garbage. You change the energy of that room. And you have a choice before you enter if it's for good or if it's for bad because you're going to change it no matter what. And if you just stop and pause and take a breath and think about the temperature of the room in there and what's going on and, and maybe a patient is scared, maybe, you know, they don't, maybe they're alone. I don't know. Just, just feel it out and know that you can go in and basically heighten the level, the energy level of that room just by what you say or, or speak or show on your face. And everybody responded. <laughs> it was like I was getting light bulbs over people's heads and it, they were reacting and they were talking and it was like, oh my God, this is the right thing to do. So everything went from there. And it started, uh, you know, nurses are really, really, really busy. How do they incorporate little trinkets of self-care and grounding and things like that into their day? You know, is it while they're in the bathroom because everybody has to go to the bathroom, you know? I mean, things like that. How do you incorporate it in? What are the techniques? Quick little techniques to incorporate these hugely important issues into your day. So everything grew from there. That's, oh, wow. that's awesome work that you are doing yeah. and it just reminded me that uh i'm literally asking you none of the questions that i wrote down because i'm just <laughs> so interested <laughs> this is like such a more interesting conversation but i um was part of a. I live in new haven and i was part of a um a project that they did to bring former patients in and speak to the staff. It was part of the patient and family care um, service they were doing there. Um, and our job was to go in and just tell our story, just to say, and I had, I was telling just my birth story. I just had three children there. It wasn't very dramatic, but it strikes me now that that was all about empathy. That's what that purpose of it was, was to tell that we, we would talk to different rounds of staff and tell them, um, how our experience had been. And so much of the conversation ended up circling around one tiny interaction. And, and if that made the patient feel, it changed the patient's whole experience. Right. And, you know, with, with my, again, my, my experiences were not that dramatic, but I remember like the one nurse who stayed an extra minute to help me with my new baby. And I remember exactly what she said to me. 
Um, and I also remember a nurse who made me feel like a little embarrassed at one point in the middle of the night when I needed help. And I, I, those things made the stay. And, um, people cried when we would talk and I was like, I didn't even have anything crazy happen. Why is this happening? But it was so impactful. Um, just to realize that when someone's feeling vulnerable and maybe it's because they just had a baby or maybe it's because they had open heart surgery, those moments in a, in a, in a care setting are so impactful. Um, and it was, it was very memorable taking part in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime anyone has to go to a hospital or has to be cared for in any way, that's something they're going to carry with them forever because that was a hugely emotional, uh, vulnerable place to be. Right. And I think, you know, it just, if people can come back to that sense of, yeah, this might be my day-to-day -day job. I'm here every single day. There's a patient in this room. There's a patient in this room. But each one of those patients, they're going to remember this for the rest of their lives. And they're going to take away some kind of emotional baggage from it. Be it light, happy souvenir baggage, <laughs> or be it, you know, the bricks in the suitcase. It, it, they're all carrying something. And, and every single one of us has an opportunity to make a difference in there. Yeah, exactly. Kristen, I was sitting here listening. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Kara. No, I was just saying, I don't have a question. I was just saying that Kate obviously has the most, you have an amazing, I mean, you have an amazing platform and you've done an amazing job of, I don't know, bringing your experience to the public, I think. Thanks. I mean, I think that's what we all do. I think that's why we gravitate to one another and we have these pockets to sort of have a little bit of permission seeking to say like, this is what I think I want to say, but I do need somebody to kind of nudge me to that. And like Kristen, when you're talking about flipping orientation on its head, I feel like you went from a very stagnant setting to literally fostering emotional support humans, which I just think is the coolest thing <laughs> I like that. And I had this sort of, in my brain while you were talking, I was like, are there training treats for this? Like, how does this work? <laughs> you kind of re reward the empathetic behavior because we are a culture that kind of goes from sympathy to compassion, which absolutely have their place and they're so important. But the empathy is sort of the in between the lines, right? It's like you said, Kara, when you're in the hospital, it's this one little moment in this overarching experience of, you know, being pregnant when you come in and then carrying a person when you leave. It's a very different thing. And there are all those tiny moments that can impact the beginning of your life together with another person. So we do all have, we, we have to be better. I mean, I'm now I'm just preaching to the choir, but like we do have to be better at acknowledging that it's not just us and that we have, we are one of the threat. I mean, this is such a, probably overused metaphor, but we're one of the threads that weaves the fabric that takes care of everybody, you know? Um, so yeah, also not a question. I just wanted to talk for a minute. <laughs> well, that's, a, I think that's another thing that comes from practicing Reiki is that, you know, that um, there's this, it's aura is the term that somebody might understand, but there's this energy field around you. Yeah. And I mean, you know it, you know, when, when somebody gets into your energy field, that's awkward. They shouldn't be there mostly, especially if like you're standing in line at the checkout. Um, you know, there's, there's an energy field there, but when the energy fields get close to each other, depending on how far yours comes out and how far the other person's come out, there is a, an exchange. 
and um, and whatever you're carrying in there, you're dropping into the other person's and whatever they're carrying, they're dropping into yours. So there is an actual connection and change that happens. And that's, um, you know, that's kind of my whole philosophy is that we're all connected. And if we can remember that and understand that, that all of us are connected in some way and that we're all affecting the other people that we're with or around or talking to, you know, even in a Zoom meeting, there's something happening there because the energy is not of time and space. It's, it's just, I don't know, it's just all there. That, that whatever we're putting out, um, it's making a difference and we need to process what's coming into our field. So it all comes back to self-care again. You know, what are we carrying around and what's getting dumped into other people's lives? Uh, so that's, it's hard to tell caregivers that they need to take care of themselves. Yeah. And as much as we can find a way to give them the priority to make that happen and give themselves their five minutes or their 10 minutes or their half an hour if they can, it makes a huge difference on being able to practice empathy with other people. Yeah, I really appreciate that you sort of embody what it looks like to not live and move through a world of us versus them, but being the point of connection in everything you do and clearly, you know, everything you feel and what has brought you to this. I have a question. Do you think little girl Kristen would have seen you here in this place in this moment in time? Like, does this feel, do you feel like, even though there's a pandemic, even though we're, we're still dealing with horrific racism, injustices in, you know, socioeconomy and all of that, do you feel like you're right where you're supposed to be? I'm absolutely where I supposed, where I'm supposed to be. You know, I, I don't know what I would have thought from young girl, Kristen, for some reason, I thought I was going to die very young. I thought I wasn't going to pay, make it past 25. I had this weird feeling about 25. And from the time I turned 25, I've never been able to remember how old I am. Wow. Never. I can't even do the math. It's so weird. I have to go to my husband and ask him how old I am, which is very frustrating to him. But he's like, <laughs> do the math. But uh, there's something happened there. Mm -hmm. I, um, I graduated from high school when I was 16 and went directly to college. So I always felt like I was lacking something. I was always missing something. That insecurity was always there. At 25, I don't know what happened. But, um, but every single thing that's happened from that point has come together mm -hmm. and made sense later. And every single thing that I'm doing right now is I know just where I'm supposed to be because because of all the things the steps that have happened to get to this point you know even taking the job with the sisters which i had no idea what i was getting into all i knew was that uh my degree in theater and stage design was going to help me build a museum which i had never done before and i thought i can do that that's great and then uh learning the business model of the sisters and everything that they do to uh, to create and incorporate and act as leaders were all things that I had been trying to incorporate, you know, in the last 20 years. I mean, everything fell together. 
And then the only thing I really felt like I was missing was my own passion because I've always worked for other people and I've always worked for their passions and I've loved being operations and I've loved being in the background. That's where I always thought I should be. And now suddenly I'm finding a passion for me and moving forward and finding I have to be the face of it and, and jumping into this whole new challenging realm, which I always enjoy a challenge anyway. And uh, so everything has led to this. Um, you know, it, it's another one of those. I feel like I should go back to, you know, 15 year old Kristen and all the 15 year old Kristens out there and saying, it's okay. It's all right. It'll all work out. Don't worry about it. It'll all make sense eventually. You know, it's just so easy to say. And, and you know, 15-year-olds don't pay any attention to that whatsoever. And, and I don't know how you get through to them at all. <laughs> I've had two. They're all grown up now. Thank God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, oh, sorry, Kara, did you have something? No, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. I was just going to say, Kristen, what is next and how do people find you? Oh, well, the, the easiest way is stmariannecope.org. Everything's on there. The um, empathy and action is on there, along with everything that we're doing at the museum, um, which is, you know, all at home these days. So there's a lot of visual and virtual uh, to find there. And then the next step is uh, kind of moving above and beyond social media and creating a podcast for Central New York. So right now what I'm doing is uh, talking with a lot of people who are directing me to more people and more people and more people. And what do they want to hear about Central New York and how do we address the challenges and who are the people and how do we talk about racism in Central New York? Um, and what are the action items? So it's very, very important for me that it doesn't become a commiseration. It doesn't become a rehashing. You know, I need to find the people who are going to help make the difference and have the action items. And how do I help? How do I facilitate getting more people together to make the action items happen? Uh, so that's... That's what you can hopefully anticipate in the future and, uh, and what you can see uh, based on our website. You know, it's, it's interesting being connected, taking this empathy in action and being connected to the St. Marianne Museum because uh, there's so much traditionalism and so many people believe in the Shrine and Museum as kind of a stagnant. And how do we incorporate the action of the sisters, which is huge. And I don't think people realize that. So I do a lot of educating along the way that they are of action. They are of social justice. They um, are always adapting to whatever needs to be um, serviced, handled, dealt with. And how do we incorporate that with the background of the museum moving forward. So it's still, for me, it's still a lot of education of why does this make sense? Uh, but then also forging ahead at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I was just listening to you talk and just wanted to say, I don't have a question. I'm just making statements to you constantly. <laughs> but I, I think, I mean, the, 
the phrase of action and the idea of action is so important always. And it's so important right now when this feels like this kind of piece of time where it's very difficult to do things and get things done. It's literally difficult to get things done because we are, we can't do the things like we used to do them. Um, and yesterday I had this day and I feel like this is happening to everyone I know. I don't know if it's happening to both of you during the pandemic and everything else where I just was like, this is all impossible. And I know it's not. I knew my mind was going to turn itself around. But I was talking to friends about school possibly not reopening and how do we work and what's going to happen in November. And it just all seemed so big. And I was like just laying in my bed for a while staring at the ceiling, which is okay to do, (laughs) but didn't feel helpful at all. And then today I woke up and I was like, this is a new day. And these conversations that Kate and I are having with people, and this one in particular with you today, was so timely. It made me feel so much better because it's a reminder that there are people out there doing the hard work and I can be one of them. And you don't have to solve it all at once. And I think that um, that is a reminder that we just need to keep reminding ourselves of. You know, my job isn't your job and your job isn't my job. And maybe my job right now is keeping it all together and raising my children and doing my work and picking my stories in a careful way that helps, you know, promote this moment um, and make it better. And so I just thought I would say that this conversation was such a good reminder of that, that it, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You, you right. can find, you can find the small ways to help. Um, and that, that can be your job for the day. And so, yeah. I, I totally believe in um, listening to the universe, taking in things. And there's been a word that has been thrown at me over and over and over again during the last three days. And it's actually the same word that's on a little charm on one of my bracelets. And it's grace. And that seems to be my word of the week where we have to give ourselves grace. And we have to, you know, along with obviously giving others grace, but, you know, in these moments that we are struggling or we lose an entire day, like, what did I even do? Um, You know, being able to understand that it's okay. Give yourself a break. Another day is coming. It wasn't meant to be that day. And, you know, everything will will be okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. My word. That is an important word that I need to remember. Yeah. And, you know, Kristen, Kara and I got together and we're calling our podcast We Believe In. And then we're trying to find names or comments or words that we throw together to title our episodes. And I feel like I came into today thinking that it would probably be We Believe in Empathy. But I I think what you've just said so beautifully Maybe, you know, today's message is we believe in grace and we believe in taking care of each other and ourselves. But again, we have to infuse grace into all of that to get where we want to go. So Kristen Barrett Anderson, thank you so much for joining us today. It was just a pleasure to hear everything that you have been through and what you're up to and where you're going. And hopefully we'll do this again soon. That would be great. Okay. So nice talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you so much. Have a great day.